0: Uh welcome to the podcast Celine. Thank you. Welcome to Big Conversations. So it's it's taken
1: a really long time. <laughs> yeah,
0: we have tried to get it together be before before even the symposium. Yeah. So to start, you are going to tell me about yourself. Then <laughs> I understand you.
1: You know, and for ask that question, everything <coughs> about yourself like blanks out. But let me see. What about me? Just generally?
0: Yeah, generally. Who are you? Who do you think you are?
1: What a serious question. Well, I'll mm. start with my names. Since you didn't introduce me. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, I'd, I'm still going to write in the bio. Janice
1: Celine Natumwe. I am 25, going on to 26. Ugh. Anyway, uh, I work, I'm a lawyer by profession. Uh. I'm in the process of enrollment. So I'll soon be an advocate, so to speak.
0: Uh.
1: Yeah, I work at a law that, firm. That's when
0: you'll be called to the bar, right? Yeah. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, I work at a law firm called KTA Advocates as a, an executive assistant as an, and as a junior associate. Yeah. My interests, I love to read. I was always that kid in school who would have a novel in her hand. <laughs> so when whatpad came out, just know. I don't know if you know what Wattpad yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, I lived and breathed pad.
0: Do you also write? Mm,
1: I don't write. Okay, I used to try to write, but... Yeah, you know, when you read back and you're like, okay, this is not good, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> so, no, I don't write as per se.
0: Okay, what have you been reading? That's now a very good start. Right for us. now, yeah, what stuff have you been reading? What do you read anyway? Uh, I
1: don't know, I have a
0: lot of stuff. I don't read so much, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of work to read.
1: Work, like work, work, like, no, or books, just <laughs> uh, books
0: and stuff from like a lot of content. Yeah, in I have books from fiction to like. Uh, uh, fairy tales, love stuff to hmm. normal.
1: Love stuff like Mills and Boone?
0: Yeah. Mm. All okay. Stuff. <laughs> I have uh, self conscious, self help stuff, a, a lot, lot of. of that. So, but I'm reading a lot of Mark Manzon. Oh, who, who else? I don't know that the, the guys. <laughs> <coughs> but I know their books are interesting. So also, you, you probably
1: listen to like podcasts. Uh, Audiobooks. Audiobooks. Okay.
0: Audiobooks. Then sometimes I try to read through, read like e-notes and stuff. Then I sleep off. <laughs> so, and I forget. I
1: mm-hmm.
0: i don't, maybe something like comes back to like apply when I read. Yeah. Yeah. But it depends on what I'm reading before I get bored. So that's why I'm asking, what are you reading?
1: I think I'll start to that's the beauty of reading. Like you'll never actually know where you know some facts from or some yeah. stuff from. But it's from reading. So what I like to read, uh, definitely I started out loving to read. I would say the first book I loved, I learned how to love to read from, yeah. I don't know if that makes grammatical sense, was Matilda. My grandmother bought yeah, it for me. Matilda. And it took yeah. me on a journey. when
0: well, I watched the movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the movie doesn't
1: do the book justice. Okay. I would okay. say that's for a lot of books, you know, that yeah. movies come out from. But yeah, it's got me into, an like, reading sucks you into another world. I think that's what I love about it. And you kind of just disappear into that world for a time. Mm. It's not like watching movies, because watching movies takes... You don't have to really concentrate that much, but for reading, you want to disagree. Yes, because I, I, mean, I, I also
0: still have an issue with the movies. <laughs> I need to, like, concentrate. If I don't give them... I'll get so distracted and I'll uh, be off the movie. Yeah,
1: But you can still, like, get what the a movie was about whether you weren't a yeah, 100% yeah. concentration. But... A book has a thing whereby you get lost in it for an hour or two, and you just keep flipping pages, and your concentration needs to be at 100%. So the way it sucks you in, that's what I love about books. So yeah, I loved, obviously, from reading um, fiction, then I got into the whole vampire. <laughs> okay. Not Twilight. I'm not sure about which particular series it was. I think it was called the Night Series. But it was about mythical creatures, vampires. That was like in my teens. Then I got more interested in African literature. I'd say that's when I really, really started to love to read even more because up until this point, you're reading about European people. You're reading about winter and, <laughs> you know, summer and things you've yeah. never seen possibly or you've just experienced once in a while when you travel. But when you read an African book and you can really, uh, what's it called? You can really relate mm. to everything that they say, so every small thing. So my first African book I read was... Uh, Nervous Conditions by Titi Drangama. I'm sure I've mad at the name, but it's an amazing book. I have not this
0: Any African <laughs> literature I should do it myself.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's okay. incredible. I love it. In fact, it's my favorite genre. I feel it's more authentic. What is it about? Uh, the book Nervous Conditions. Yeah. It was, conditions. was uh, made in the 80s. So it's about uh, a girl called, oh, I've forgotten her name. Nyasha? No, Nyasha was a cousin. Anyway, Mm -hmm. it's about a young girl who grows up in a village, very remote area, somewhere in Rhodesia, when Zimbabwe was still Rhodesia. And she grows up in a very poor family. But she has an uncle who went abroad. And so it talks about basically the connotations of getting educated and how that elevates you in status. Because at a point in time, the uncle comes back for her, gets her from the village, and takes her to his home. Yeah, yeah, where he was also a headmaster and whatnot. So you see her mind being opened up as she becomes more and more educated. So I would also say it has undertones of um, female empowerment and feminism because it has a lot of play on um you know women being educated but still being treated a certain way just because of their sex or gender. So yeah, it was interesting seeing that, that stuff, how concentrated it was in the 80s, but yeah. it still not changed much even in the 2022s, I would say.
0: So do you then believe there the, is possible change that will ever happen? Do you believe that activism is bringing about any change? Or we are, it's, it's, it's how it is?
1: I would definitely say that there has been change. Like we cannot deny the fact it's that good, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there are more women in school, most times, actually in most places in the world, more than men, more women in the workplace. But there are still those things that I feel human beings feel like are innate to them with a male and female gender, which I do not agree with, obviously. So even things like sexual assault are actually still very prevalent in the workplace and in schools. But we've come this far, but we're still suffering with things like that. Mm. And it's shocking to see that they still happen. <laughs> but do they you, do.
0: Do you live in a world where you believe the world is a vacuum? where there's no good or bad? Because when you speak of... I'm not, I don't condone nothing. Mm -hmm. No sexual assault or anything, but when whenever I have conversations with people and they bring up this and they act like it's surprised, yeah, Mm -hmm. you you then tend to see the world in a perspective where there is where there is no good, no no where there is no bad.
1: I get what you mean that there will always be bad no matter what. Yes. Yeah.
0: Like isn't it better to like then? draw measures around the fact that bad exists exists and and this comes from like arguments when you mentioned feminism and arguments i see sometimes online where um they've banned people for saying for for telling women to be more protective of themselves yeah and people keep saying i know we shouldn't blame the women for that but look it's it's the truth and the reality of things is they're bad people so you're better well equipped when you get measures against the bad that already exists because you do not know how you can get rid of the bad.
1: That's like putting the burden on you for people not to do bad things to you, which is not fair. Mm -hmm. So when you put it in the context of women, if I'm not mistaken, it's normally around the fact that, you know, women should dress conservatively. Women shouldn't um, go to a man's house alone. Mm -hmm. Women shouldn't do certain things which provoke men. But that's like to us, leaving it first of all, likening you guys to animals who cannot control yourselves. And number two, leaving it to us to have the responsibility not to be sexually assaulted or raped. Just to say that there are bad people out there, so you rather take precaution. Why should we live in a world like that? When we know it doesn't have to be like that.
0: No, like the world really doesn't have to be like that. It all comes but down to conditioning. Like okay,
1: how, you're, how you grow up Treating women or seeing your dad or uncles treating women will definitely play a part into how you treat women yeah, so I if agree. we keep um saying that you know women should take accountability not to do certain things
0: to well, them. but you see how our parents have raised us is exactly like that my 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 my, my sister, my elder sister is up to now she's like 10 years older than me no i'm joking but <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's quite <older. laughs> <It's really laughs> 10 years really <laughs> <laughs> she's really quite older than me but uh since she's still at home mm-hmm. yeah there's still that curfew stuff because the father feels like yo my daughter doesn't have but and i'm younger but when i was still at home i had such freedoms but yeah. this comes from a position because my dad understands that yo i would wish for a better society but it does not exist. So I have to put some measures just to protect my daughters from these kind of things.
1: I'll ask you, how far do you think socialization goes? All the things you believe, all the, even your religion, all the values you hold, your morals.
0: Yeah, far too, to the extent. To like... To doubting God. for <laughs> existence.
1: Yeah, generally... I believe and I know actually for it to be true to that most of the things we believe and the morals we hold are because of the way we've been socialized. Okay. It may not be everything and people may, you know, say that there's a reason for that and whatnot. But what I'm trying to say is we build the society we want to. It's the same reason, ten years, fifteen, even fifty years from now, it's gonna be absolutely all right being homosexual. Because that's a society we're moving into. People are becoming more accepting of that. So, I understand the generation our parents grew up in was completely different. And your father is obviously justified in giving your sister coffee and whatnot because yeah. he believes that's how he protects her. Yeah. But you as Mark, when you have a child, when you have a son, what are you going to teach him about women? Well. And what are all your other friends going to teach, you, teach their sons about women? And the same thing, what are you going to teach your daughter? Imagine your daughter growing up in a world where she's scared for her life because of her sex, her gender. Is that a fair life to live in and just say, mm, that's the way it is? No. Protect yourself, have curfew. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to fight for. So to answer your question, mm-hmm. there has been incremental change, but not a lot has changed. Unfortunately. At the core of it, there's still a lot of misogyny and patriarchy. But To fight that needs us to have an overhaul of our mentality. And for men moment, read books that open up their minds to what feminism is actually about. Not this, you know, the ones they call witch-hunting feminists on Twitter. Because okay. <laughs> I believe that pushes a conversation towards yeah, uh, misandry as opposed to equality. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's not... I do not agree with you. Uh, sometimes I also want to play the word <laughs> so that people really understand. Yeah. I, I have a son that's growing up. So whenever I put up these conversations... Part of why this podcast is also in existence is for him. I do not spend so much time with him, mm-hmm. so, but I know he will listen to all this stuff. So part of why I produce this content is, if I can't pass on the knowledge, mm. the podcast can. Still? Though, <clears throat> I feel the fight and the approach is very unrealistic yeah um i don't believe in change by destruction and this is what we see online this is how the message of feminism is spread online how um it's it's tainted to make to make it seem like it's men's fault the world has bad things happening yeah but also do not forget that this is how we are raised this is how men are raised this is no this is how we are raised as societies our beliefs like you talked. Our beliefs go back from like uh, from how my grandfather used to act like to how I saw my dad act and to all those years of just learning that, I could be lucky to get exposed to new information and I unlearn a lot of bad things, but it depends on how on what works. yeah people like winning in, in life, and mm-hmm. they don't really like changing systems that win
1: When is favoring you?
0: Yeah, a lot of people are like that. <laughs> they like, well, don't you? Aren't you that selfish with some things? And 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 you just. And it's look,
1: about a social construct that undermines so many people. That's like to me saying that it's okay for a building not to have um, a ramp because yeah. I'm able-bodied and I prefer to use the stairs.
0: Okay.
1: Why can't we live in a more inclusive world? But let me let you finish. I, I interrupted you.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> Why can't we move in a more inclusive world? Because that's like imagining. No. If the world is a fair place to be. There's live a time, in. Mark, that you were
1: considered to be a monkey because of the color of your skin. You were considered to actually. be used to liken us to animals, put us in zoos. You were a slave. You were, you were chattel. Okay.
0: That's a time.
1: That's it, yes, but at a point in time, people say that that's not fair. Human rights should be a thing. And now, you're a black man. You don't have as many rights as a white man, but you have more rights than me, ideally.
0: How do you mean, I have more rights than (laughs) you? What rights do you think? Not in the law, but generally.
1: If we were in the village, you'd probably go to school. Um, If we were in the same family, you'd probably go to school before me because... I'm going to be shipped off to another man's house, even though I also want an education. So, I get what you mean about um, being wanting a, a system that is favors you, and that's very brave of you to say. Most people want to really admit that, you know. The patriarchy favors me, so you know this is how things work, and there's a way it works like that. But
0: uh, let me first correct you. First <laughs> of all, no, no, no. That's no. what I
1: got. So you can uh, you can. I quantify. know that for,
0: it, it, it it does favor me. That's one, but I'm not proud of that. Uh, but it's 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 how it works. It's how things are working. And they don't
1: work, though. They don't? No, it does not work.
0: Okay. How, how do you mean it doesn't work?
1: Think it's, about the fact that even with, like, the economy... What's I'm your doing? idea
0: of a better world?
1: Me doing what I want. Not because of the color of my skin, not because of my sex, but generally because it's something I want to do.
0: Right now, what... What do you mean me doing what I everyone who
1: is, looks like me being able to do what they want.
0: The price of freedom is very expensive. I don't think when you say you want to do what you want. Pursue the dreams really I want it. to
1: pursue. Not be tied down to a man just because it's, uh, it's expected of me from society. And to be in an unhappy marriage because of that. Not to have children because everyone is telling me that's what I'm supposed to do.
0: But this happens to the men as well. They keep asking for families when you reach for some. Yeah, parents. we're not
1: going to lie that the patriarchy only affects women. It affects men as well, especially your mental health, because you're expected to be a certain way. Macho. If you're not macho, you're seen as feminine. And you're not seen, you're not respected as much. If you are not provide for a woman. In fact, there's a time, I don't know if it applied to men, that there was a tax called heart tax. <laughs> when colonialists had just come in, I think you studied about it in school. Mm uh-huh. hmm. Of, if you did not have a job, you'd have to pay this tax. Yeah, it was an incentive to go out and work, but if I'm not wrong, that was only applied to men. So, you're just on your land one day, and a white man speaking of the taxes from
0: (laughs) then because then there's another theory. I had uh Eddie on the podcast, Uh, I just didn't get the notes to like verify the information. Yeah, so he takes back feminism onto the old systems of um, he calls it. Well, he says the system. I forget the name of the cult. But they introduced feminism to tax women to work because they needed to collect more taxes. So they give women the whole idea of, yo, you also need to be liberated and free. Yet, uh, what women were doing initially was also still work. Yeah? It was just, just a divided world. It. Men do this kind of work and women do this kind of work. Yeah, yeah? Then we brought labels to it. Uh, I know we're weaker
1: because
0: there are still things you only you can do that I can't mm-hmm. do. Yeah, and
1: apart from give birth.
0: Well, it's something as well. Yeah, it's it's part of procreation and it's mm-hmm. it's it's a really big contributor to to the world. So it's the fact that you can do it and I can't do it already mm-hmm. shows that we're already different people. But still, even with how the world works, there are things men can do and women really can't do. Is that right or wrong?
1: I think it's. Subject, it's um, subjective, yeah. Uh, okay,
0: we, we don't I even have to go so far. Like, uh, look at the symposium. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't carry tables, but you I call would. guys to carry tables.
1: I would, I just didn't want to.
0: Yeah, yeah, like you would never feel like you want to carry tables. But even even if you can, like, we, I can give birth, right? I've made enough money to know that I can use scientists to yeah. to do stuff. All that mm-hmm. so there's a possibility to everything but there is still the ideal where things work and this I is not for who proven with results <sighs> and statistics
1: you know that's like to say women uh submission comes naturally to women which it doesn't because that's what the patriarchy fits on
0: well but um with just my own experiences i don't know i i, I think it really does come naturally it doesn't I've seen women who are empowered enough still be submissive.
1: I find that submission normally comes from love, as opposed to obligation. And when it comes from love, it's from a point of I want to submit to you. But why do you think for the longest time there's been that agitation when women are subjected to submit just because she has to? There's agitation, but when it comes from love, like in a marriage... Like what they talk about in the
0: Bible,
1: mm. then it comes naturally. It's it's You're not that's forced. I have my own. Uh, I won't talk about that here. I have my own reservations. But no, I do we cannot.
0: Believe, you cannot have conversations uh, uh-uh. on, on feminism and skip the conversation around God. It's such a fundamental topic that It, is. it drives into all these things because I was going to refer to a lot. I was going to bring back, bring up the Bible, and what. If you're a Christian and you really believe, then the Bible really dictates that you're submissive. But however, it also tells the man to love the woman. Yeah. So, and we are still asked to go to church. Mm -hmm. I still have to go back to my Catholic heritage. And uh, the time when I make up my mind that I want to get married, I'll have to go to church. So I'll have to succumb to the laws of the church. Mm Mm-hmm. But if I've come out from this world, like you said, if men are more exposed to education and they learn all these new things, and we still have to... I
1: would say it's it's not mutually exclusive. I believe you can actually still be a feminist or someone who believes in what ideally feminists push for even they are Christian. Because as I said, at the heart of what God stands for is love. And that's where that submission comes from that he talks about. You see, you can have a different interpretation from me. Yeah. Because I believe what's asked for a man is more is much more than what's asked for a woman in the Bible. For men to love the, their wives like God loved the church or Jesus loved the church, that's a lot. So for me to just submit to you, the way I interpret it is because I trust you. I trust your guidance. Yeah. Not because you're really a man, but you're the man that God has put in my life. Not because of your gender, but because of what value you hold to me. I trust you just as much as I would trust. Yeah, I don't know if you get what I'm saying, but it's not just because you are my husband that I am submitting to you. Because if you're not, I'm, I'm thinking me, by the time
0: we get to the stage where you are, where you become my wife. We, we have come to all those conclusions. You're already satisfied that, you know what? Hmm.
1: <laughs> well, that's to say, like, people come in marriage for the same reasons.
0: Yeah, but also, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, like, this mantra, you know how I really believe girls spoil more boys than boys spoil girls? And to challenge the patriarchy. I don't know, but it's still, still stupid since... How society and life really works is a girl my age will be influenced with an older guy yeah then this same girl will influence all the guys my age about habits, about lifestyle about how they make their decisions with life, a big percentage this is how life works this is how I think life works but I really know it's how life, life works when I look into my friends um and how people get married? People get married to people who are like eight years yeah, older mm. than them. So there's much more of that that is ignored. And when we bring up all these fights on feminism, mm-hmm. we ignore that reality of <coughs> the quest for equality leaves such a very bad society because then the boy child is left in a very bad position of where they're not sure of what's really right or wrong. Who's growing up
1: this? Okay, please finish.
0: Because when they look at the results that have worked, Mm -hmm. it's different. When they look at where society wants them to go, and um, what is ideal. Like, any other human, good human being will treat anyone better. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not want to see harm unto you. Like, that's that's just how it is. I That's how I feel. Like, I don't think it's the right way. However, these the, the things you, you do and you're not sure, like, maybe out of ignorance and, and you cause some harm to some people, yeah. but in a much more clearer world, you want to do good as people do good to you. Mm-hmm. So, we are left in a society that has the past that has worked. Like, you have to look and see that you're... Because um, I've seen it. When you try and, let's say, cohabit with a woman and you're carefree, the are very, 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 very high chances that you might not mold out to be the man and the husband the society wants oh, actually, actually the relationship could break mm-hmm. because you are acting as a woman. And you know these stereotypes don't just come for there's a history around them. You, you know how people are, like, even if they say it, let me say, what's the craziest stereotype people say? Uh, women from, like, let's say the West have water, well, wait, things like that. There's still some truth to them. Like, you'd find that there's actually, that's actually true. Like, there's a big percentage of, like, for people to come up with this, this was real. So, it's the same thing applies. And I've seen it. I I try to talk to, like, people who have gone through divorce, and divorce cases are on a rise. And when they talk to me about their marriages, most of them be like, you know, Mark, I failed to be a man. I, I, I thought being a friend to my wife could work, or what, or uh, all this mambo jumbo of what, but no, I was undecisive, and eventually women also don't like that. She'll keep comparing it to her father, things like that. And this is the reality people live in. So, you cannot wash away how society works to a more theoretical version of how it should work.
1: But it's not theoretical, though. Again, everything goes down to socialization. Again, as you said, if mm-hmm. a woman has grown up seeing her father after a certain way, of course she's going to expect the same things from her husband. But if she sees that same treatment not being given... So
0: how, how do you think you can bring about change? Not like you, but how do you, Celine, but how do you imagine this change coming about where it's a fair world?
1: Um, first of all, just educating people men also educating themselves women also educating themselves because i won't lie women also hold very misogynistic values and they will stand by them so i believe with our generation as you've said us just having kids Mm. and with the generations to come just teaching them more equitable values about sex and gender it goes to as much as if you have a daughter not assuming that she likes pink or that she likes dolls, because that way you're socializing her to be a mother or to like a certain color that's supposed to be associated with her gender. It's the same thing, not assuming that your boy will only like cars and tractors. What if he likes how do you I raise your son,
0: you do How no, do you.
1: Not that you're raising them gender neutral, but just letting them navigate sex on their own. Like you can teach them to be. Like there's a reason I can't fix her. Why is that? Because I was never taught. But I'm pretty sure you know how to do it in the blink of an eye, change a tire and whatnot. Because they assume I don't want to know those things. But it's because I was never taught. And it was assumed that Have you cared to learn now that
0: you have understanding and of age?
1: Yes. I mean, it's dirty and... But, you know, it's the same reason you should learn how to cook if you don't already know how to cook. It's a survival skill.
0: Okay, yeah, that's really... I don't know. Many who do not know how to cook, I just... <laughs> So Careless it's about problems. just,
1: not me you know, saying that, you know, change, um, raise your children gender neutral, but raise them with all the skills they need, number one. Raise them to also have an open mind. I think that's one of the things we don't think about enough. You don't know how much you're impacting your child by the things that you say, by the things that you do. You notice, number, most of our traits are from our parents and the things that we see maybe, you know, our teachers or in school. Also, taking your kids to schools that don't hold... <laughs> you know, very patriarchal
0: values. Like what? Are you attacking single-sex schools?
1: I mean, it can be a single-sex school, but Traditional just... Traditional
0: schools. Do you think they hold patriarchal values or... You know, there's, there's two ways to it. I went to one. I've, I've read... There's a friend of mine who has written a book about boarding school and how it affects mental health. Mm-hmm. So there are very many points raised in there that made sense. Uh, of course, I've, I've What's been, a book called... I forget the book, but ah, I think I have
1: it. You use your friend platform. Yeah, but I,
0: I'll I'll Google the book. I'll put it in my. Uh, she's she's yeah. I forget her book. Mm. So, but the book talks about the like the <coughs> the effect of teachers mm-hmm. and the effect of boarding school on on your child. Now it has all these fairy tales that I explained in very good English. And they make sense when you read them. But then when you sit down with my dad and you listen to his story of why he had to put me in P one in in boarding school in P one. Okay. Actually in, in in nursery, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah? It was justifiable. Like yeah. it really was justifiable. He would do it again. Mm-hmm. And the reality of just not my dad and many more other people in a country like ours, a third world country where like survival is you have to work like nineteen jobs to afford a young one Macaron to afford to go to an Aminango college. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at that and who it made me You want to sympathize with the book and say that I want better for my children, but then you do not know so much about how the future dictates and First of all, in the society we are in, again, like I keep referring to, big data is important. Hmm. Results that have worked actually should be, if you're changing, you have to be you a Jesus. You paid attention
1: at the symposium.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you have to, to be a Jesus to change results that have continuously worked. There has to be so much undoing to the culture, to the government system. to And these, these things, there's a lot of politics around everything else. So it's hard to change that. So you then just look at all these forms of activism as a joke Mm -hmm. at some case, because the reality of things is way so different.
1: I don't agree.
0: (laughs) Why so? Because it's, it's not like really person to person basis. But what people ask so much of is for parents to be friends to their children. And that's so hard it's so impossible. That's like a movie and a director. You're <laughs> supposed to be a parent and mm. parents make decisions for their, make decisions basing on their experience of what has worked. And In fact, if I listen to my dad a lot and believe you me, I'm, I am was such a rebellious child. If you sat down with my dad, he'll tell you that man, even from like a very young age, his friends were in like when I was in Asari, my best friend was in P7, so it usually used to give him a lot of help. How headache.
1: the hell did that work?
0: <laughs> I was of the same village, I, I was really a social kid, I don't know, but it worked. So, with all that rebellion, still, you'd, you'd argue that I don't know. I was trying to explain,
1: you're talking about the book, yeah, and to
0: trying to simple. Sympas- Sympathize, sympathize with, with the writer,
1: but that saying that
0: the, the effect of the boarding school and the reality of of, of why that's actually a better formula because you can't you cannot expect someone who has to go out and look for money is very important mm-hmm. yeah so for you to actually access all this knowledge and what 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 decisions like uh, putting you in boarding school at such an early age matter like uh, top notch decisions. Mm. For, for you to be somewhere, to be competitive anywhere in life, like that's what has to work. Because uh, you're not alone, you have like a bunch of siblings, uh, yeah, all that life stuff. So when you trash it away to just an ideal way of how things should work, mm. like, and just forget the reality of why things are the way they are,
1: yeah.
0: I feel like you, you want to live in a vacuum.
1: I don't think. Okay, I've not read the book, but I don't think, and you can correct me that her, the whole book was about her just being in boarding school. It must have been about the things that happened while she was at boarding school, right? So it's not the it's not the issue of taking your children to boarding school because you understand sometimes um sociological uh, not sociological sorry financial you know um, situations mm. or whatever is going on at home may make your kid, you may have to put your kid in boarding school because of that. But I think it's the things that happen at boarding school that's more important. What kind of school are you putting your child in? Is it just because it's under child law? <laughs> is mm-hmm. it just because of the name? What values? And you see, this is a thing I only learned when I went to university because a bunch of my life I was in um, international school, so you can call it or whatnot. And in those schools, they don't, I wouldn't say they really impact a mindset on you. Yeah. But when I went to university I noticed that oh, people from this and this girl's school are supposed to act this way. People from this and this boy's school act this way. That's a good and bad thing. But then you'll also hear about schools, I won't mention names, where terrible things used to happen to make kids read.
0: Oh so wh- what children do you mean are waking up at four
1: AM having to show water
0: thing. Our system of education is a crumb way of things that you know. Now you've been to this should be the other part of the conversation <laughs> now that I've learned you to an international school. No,
1: let me finish, but, yeah, yeah? please. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is um, there is even a certain way that you can act in adulthood based off of the things that were imparted to you in school. There's a certain school I want to mention where the people from there, all they talk about is money <laughs> mm. and who has what car, who drives what car. It has two opposite effects. One, it makes them work hard because actually they're some of the most successful people in Uganda. But at the same time, it kind of makes them stagnant in that way of thinking. I don't know if you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. Because that's the bulk of what they talk about and think about. And so, what I was trying to bring it back to is, those schools really push you to read. I will not deny that. Because in international schools, man, we're chilling. Mm -hmm. A lot. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) But, I would say... The things I've gotten from my friends who go to the school, very hardworking, but there's a way, for example, they'll talk to their bosses because they're scared of them, because they'll learned how to be scared of authority and not be able to speak out for themselves. Mm. But even like when you hear about the stories of them having to get canes for, you know, failing a class or having to have their names written, um, read out loud while they've failed a class so that they can go in the, <laughs> on stage so that they beat them from there. That is psychological torture. I know people make me in the comments like you know you do not know what we went through da da da, da. you cannot talk from that, but you can see how it impacts them. Yeah. You can see that people now start to ascribe their value and to their intellect what they can actually do in terms of you know marks and grades. And, yeah, we can go into that talk a bit more. So, what I was meaning is, I don't think she necessarily meant boarding school, because you can take your kid to good boarding school. The
0: effect from, before we go into the schools thing, the effect from the schools was, there is, I believe my and I don't know, this is not in a bad way. I hope my family doesn't really take it. In a bad way. <laughs> I believe, according to standards, my dad was deadbeat. Damn. Because... He took me to boarding school for most of the time and decided to go and work, but put school fees. He did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. So I believe my dad was deadbeat, but I believe being deadbeat is not a bad thing.
1: Hmm.
0: Exactly. In fact, now I even I, I take back the apology. That's mm-hmm. in the actual fact.
1: And what do you describe deadbeat as?
0: Um, the conditions. First of all, <sighs> I don't want to talk about that.
1: <laughs> No, just generally in, in
0: it would look like I'm projecting and they will <laughs> overread into this podcast. But <laughs> sure.
1: It it means <clears throat>
0: not giving enough time and attention to your children. Yeah? Like not being there for them. Mm-hmm. But you'd argue a case of what it means to be there for your children. Or uh <clears throat> were your parents there for you? Of course you're going to say like an obvious yes. <laughs> 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 but like they were not there. They had things to do, they had careers to chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Th- this is my argument. Like my dad had things to do. Like having a child is another thing in life. And and maybe that then is the whole thing. Is when are we supposed to have children as human beings?
1: Yeah, not everyone needs children. Not everyone is um, mature enough to have children.
0: Who is mature enough to have children?
1: You see, I'm one of those people who really believes. Eh? You should have a psychological test before having children. <laughs> because a lot of that trauma we have is from parents. You may think it's nothing, but man. It's a gift and everything. You have to but play the cards you're dealt mm-mm. with life. So many people are walking around traumatized.
0: Everything is Nasty fact. as
1: hell. Just because of how do I I
0: am a strong believer of <laughs> Life is simply about your personal development. Hmm. Like, you cannot... There's so much to it. Um, Some people are dead because of uh, who they chose to have children with. Yeah? Uh, some people are emotionally very mature. That they would prefer... Like, you cannot go into fight with them. Like, the greater good is you're affecting the child. So there's a big chunk of men that leave their children just because of that. Because of how insecure they are with the women, and you know how the courts work, you're a lawyer, uh, the women will always take the favor. So uh, until it gets to a level of like secondary school where the child is of age, mm-hmm. and then the man can have mature conversations and access to the child, a lot of, of that happens here. I say this because in like 10 of my friends, and I have a lot of married friends, there's... A lot of grown people my friends. Mm-hmm. But this is what has happened. In like 10, 8. So I don't take those numbers for granted. Then I, I read people's stories. I do not want to wash away the reality of life to what we always assume to be the ideal world. And people like you that read a lot of books <laughs> <laughs> have so much of, Fairy tales in your minds and
1: It's not fairy tales. You
0: want life to work like that. That's wanting should to do difficult.
1: better for that generation that's coming.
0: Everyone wants to do better. Do you think
1: we want do you think
0: any sane person wants the worst for this world apart from what? I don't know how people become if you keep
1: perpetuating problems. toxic traits and just ascribing it to that's the way society works, then I don't believe you want better. I believe you're not complacent, but kind of that you've allowed that that's how it is. And let us just keep going with this train. But then there are people. It's the same reason why we got, you know, why countries were liberated or got independence. If there were no people to speak out and say, guys, we've had enough. This is not the way things are supposed to be. Where would we be? There are people who are born to be complacent. There are people who are born to be leaders. There are people who are born to be changemakers. People who are born to die for the cause. So even us as... I'm talking as a feminist and whatnot, but... Are you going to
0: die for the cause?
1: It's very hard for me to say I'm going to die for the cause. Exactly. (laughs) Because, obviously, there are still lots of things that I'm comfortable with in the patriarchy. and it needs me to call myself out constantly. You know? But then there are those women who have fought for our rights to be educated. There are those people who fought for slavery to be ended. You know? So it's...
0: Okay. We shouldn't always say
1: that's the way it is. And...
0: Let's, let's talk about the curriculum, UNEB and whatever you are doing.
1: <laughs> whatever I was doing, What were you doing?: <laughs> <laughs> I was doing Cambridge.
0: Uh-huh. Do you think uh, this is, this is a blunt question, but it's, it, I need like a general answer. <coughs> do you think people who do Cambridge are smarter than people who do UNEB? No. Do you think people who do UNEB are smarter than people who do Cambridge?
1: No. That's like me say, that's like you're asking, do you think people who do the curriculum in China are smarter than people in Africa? Oh, okay. actually, yeah, that's a South dumb Africa. question.
0: <laughs> so the question is, do you think UNEB is a better curriculum than Cambridge?
1: Well, I can't speak for UNEB because. With
0: how it works in Uganda. Mm hmm. Oh, because you've not done UNEB. Yeah. Okay.
1: But I will say.
0: No, but you know your friends. You have lots of friends that have done UNEB. Yeah. And you, you can judge from. Like how you see your friends that have done UNEB and you guys that have done Cambridge. What would you prefer for your child?
1: It's interesting because when I first reached uni, I was the only what one of my friends. are you doing uni from? I did uni from Makere. Okay. And That's I was the fine. only one of my friends who actually went to Ugandan university. And obviously, all of them kind of look like, mm, what are you staying in Uganda for after? But it was a blessing and I would not do it any other way. Because up until that point, I think we were very sheltered. And it's the same thing with people from UNEB. We have perspectives of people who go to international schools who go to UNEB. And it's just because maybe most times we never actually connect to find out what the other side is like. So I would find that people are shocked that I was in law school. They're like, ugh, don't you guys just chill all the time? And you wake up, do ballet. (laughs) After you do ballet, you go for like Pilates, you know, then swim. Just as long and short of it is, they thought we were going to be super dumb and super lazy. That's the truth, you know. Mm. And I think that's what they were sold in, you know, that traditional schools or ineb schools is that these kids are given so much freedom, they don't actually ever study anything. And us from our end, because honestly, just the, you know, colonization did a lot to people. But now imagine you're in a school that's teaching either colonizers' curriculum. <laughs> Most times you will never even learn about the history of Uganda. Yeah. You'll be very lucky too. Even well, though it's they an were option. Us
0: Vancouver, yeah, exactly. They were and it's stuff. the
1: same thing with the UNEB curriculum. That's actually really funny. But you guys actually had to at a time where you learnt about Ugandan history, you learnt about also the, you know, the independence fighters and whatnot. As I think it was an option in the curriculum, but you could choose to do, let's say, British history or American history. So in as much as you think you're opening your child up to like an international perspective, which you are, you're also denying them the opportunity to be um, familiar with where they are from. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I find that if you're to take your child to an international school, so it's not about the curriculum itself. The curriculums are both good, I would say, especially now that they're trying to do an overhaul of that UNEP curriculum to make it um, fit into the conditions of today. But you'll find there's also like, <laughs> I know I'm jumping from place to place, mm, but you'll cool. find there's also a conflict with the UNEB curriculum whereby, I don't think it's a curriculum itself as it's the schools where children are not been allowed to speak vernacular. So it comes down to, we're being colonized so much that we believe a certain type of, we're supposed to subscribe to a certain type of standard. So that plays into what I was saying of people from international schools, or most kids from international schools would think of people from UNEB as, oh, they're doing like local curriculum. What do, what do they study?
0: <laughs> okay, forget what uh, the people think of each other. Yeah. Then focus on what's better for your child. What would you choose? Like besides her perspective on my son who will go to definitely mm. already started going to your nep. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, like in like what would be better? What works?
1: What see works? when
0: you do. Cambridge, mm-hmm. then you go to MOOC.
1: Mm. Looks
0: like, first of all, the expense of Cambridge was almost as useless.
1: No, not at all. Because you see, people assume that when you take your kids to Cambridge school, you're expecting them to go outside countries. So to Forget getting them
0: outside because oh, it goes back to what's the point of investing in education?
1: I learned that the things I have and the talents I have were definitely
0: what because of my
1: school. <laughs> Oh, now this is talking about my hidden talents. But no, I do not think okay. it was a wasted expense at all, at all. Because the experiences I had in that school, on the schools I went to, definitely built me yeah, to okay, be the yeah, person yeah, I am yeah. today. And it school goes back to us saying the same things: the values that a school gives you, the experiences it opens you up to, the mentalities it gives you is also very important. So it's not about you are taking your child to Cambridge to prepare them to go to uh, you know a school abroad. It shouldn't always be the norm. Hmm. It's what are you and that's why you need to be very careful which school generally you never international you're taking your child to what mentalities are they teaching that child because our curriculum will be the same all through
0: She got a child tomorrow at school would you take them to
1: I'll probably take them to Montessori school which is I've not done a lot of research on it but it doesn't teach rote learning I definitely hate rote learning because it's very useless I study for a topic today I forget it tomorrow what's the point it teaches Children, more so you would have done really things. good
0: if you had done your name while we're cramming. I
1: no, I hate it. Uh, <laughs> I think children. I would have actually fallen behind. Because one thing about international schools is that in as much as they are not strict, the curriculum is very good first of all. But if you really want to learn, you're going to learn a lot.
0: But that's the thing. What do you mean learn a lot? Here is a system that uh, makes you cram. You know,
1: when So you're saying rock learning is good. It works. It works. Really? Yes.
0: What's learning? You just that's what you do when we're going for interviews, for the jobs we do. Uh, Mm. Tell them the first question is usually "Tell me about yourself." Then you remember a whole CV of what you wrote or what you did. Sometimes you even lie about it. That's that's, not good. (laughs) That's that's how the system really actually
1: works. Authenticity is what comes off in most of those interviews. By the way, most of those interviews are spoken word ones. By the time you get there, they have seen your CV.
0: Yeah, but but you want to? They want you to speak. They want you to like. Uh, the basis of the interview is for them to see you for who you are.
1: Yeah. So why are you cramming and regurgitating?
0: Because cramming works.
1: Cramming does not work. Because we cram work. to pass
0: exams for a whole curriculum. Like what's the that's point? That's what we're doing the whole time. You See, and go- that's what
1: I'm saying. That that's not a good system because at the end of the day, you've not learnt anything.
0: We've not had a presentation. <laughs> International school.
1: No, that's fine. And I'm not saying that, you know, our uh, policy, <laughs> that's a topic for another yeah. day. But authenticity and learning to think for yourself is what's most important in getting educated. what, cram, you, what does not you mean describe? you're not thinking
0: for yourself. Cramming helps you to store a lot of information that you can use. Again, isn't it what you lawyers do?
1: Refer Cramming? To,
0: oh, that's all you do. How, what, how does a law work? Refer to cases from 1887. Bring back those same cases. Apply them to current situations to what's happening in court. Like this is what they decided for guys before. So since you're in the same situation, this is what we're going to decide for you.
1: But it I think doesn't that's... really work like that because everyone has the same access to the cases that were passed. Now, what makes a good lawyer a good lawyer is being able to apply a certain part of cases, even where they seem like they did not apply, but be able to convince the jury or the judge that they did. That's where the mentality comes in. So it's not worth learning. Mm-hmm. You can read. And me, the way I describe what learning is, if a textbook says this as a definition of, let's say, what is water or what is H2O made of, that kind of thing, and you need to write exactly what's in the textbook, then I've not helped myself at all because I've not applied any critical thinking to that. I could have a different view on what H2O is, and it could be right to someone else. But if a teacher is going to mark based on what is in the textbook, then I've not learned anything because I'm reading just to write an exam. Pass, go on. So you ask yourself why we don't have a lot of critical thinkers or people you can sit down with and say, oh, I have never thought about it that way. How many people have you talked like, to like that and b- they've blown your mind because of the way they've thought of a, a certain thing that you've never thought of in that way just because right, you are yeah. taught it is like this and that's the way it is. It leaves us to be stagnant in the way that we think. So that's why I, do not, I don't ascribe to rote learning. That's why I would say I get Montessori schools really teach a child to critically think because they use their hands. I won't talk about it a lot because I don't understand it that much. But the little I do understand of it, I like the way they teach your child. Right from nursery school, number one, to trust their instincts, to trust the way their mind works. Because again, another thing I have an issue with learning with is that a lot of kids have learning disabilities. And if a kid has ADHD or dyslexia or what have you, they're going to be seen as silly, stupid. But we've seen people with ADHD, dyslexia, autism, they can be smart as hell. But it's just Most of the time. if you put them as in as a well. school that stifles them to think a certain way, you're always going to think your child is stupid. That there's something wrong with your child. So put them in an environment where they can grow their skills according to how their mind works. Mm. So maybe if there are more UNEP schools like that, I can really be educated on that, but that's the type of school. It's only about being your or international, but I would want to take my child to a school where they learn how to harness every skill that they have. If they're not good at math, well, maybe they're not meant to be a mathematician. They can be a musician. They can be... An... <laughs> You've laughed. <laughs> no, but Mark, you see, now you're, you're doing really good things and big conversations, ordinary people, but that's not like, this is not the conventional route to go with... Yeah. Well, you know, if I'm to ask you, what did you want to do straight out the bat, out of high school? I didn't what know. your parents wanted you to do?
0: Uh, my dad wanted me to be a priest.
1: Okay, that is... O'Brien, a priest. <laughs> 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 what is that? <laughs> Ronnie, like, you need Jesus.
0: <laughs> but no, 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 my dad oh, wanted me to be a priest. I think he, yeah, he knew how bad. How heavy it is to raise children, so yeah. he kept asking me to go be a priest. The priest usually told me of the benefits of <clears throat> how it is like to be a priest. Uh, I wanted to be a lawyer, I think, because my friends used to say I used to have a lot of arguments
1: <laughs> because law,
0: <laughs> yeah. Then they thought that that's 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 the past. Then I went to school, um, got really lucky. My dad exposed me to. Laptops at like when I was in P3, mm-hmm. fell in love with computers, then I ended up doing computer science. Hmm. I don't have any regrets, but right now I'm creating content and doing some other things. Well, because again, uh, life works differently. Yeah. From the mm-hmm. reality of it to what you might. Well, your, you, your ideal. It works differently did you, from the ideal. <laughs> did, you, did you, did you, did you, did you want to be a lawyer?
1: Yeah. Only because I like to know a lot of stuff. And it's the only course that would let me know a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. Because if you think about it, there are laws on everything. Yeah? Right now, there are laws on what we're doing right now. Creating content. So to study about creating content or to know about creating content or to understand those laws, I need to understand copyright law. And to understand copyright law, I need to understand music. Or like what makes a song a song or what makes content content. I don't know if you get what I mean. So for every law, you need to kind of understand its genesis. And that's what kind of lets you have a lot of knowledge about small different topics, a bunch of them, mm. no matter how little it is, but over a short period of time.
0: But if I'm dedicated to YouTube in this current day and age, I can
1: yeah. get the information, right? You can, yeah, that's a beauty about YouTube, really, <clears throat> Man, shout out to those Indian dudes <laughs> who taught us jurisprudence and accounting. Exactly. Yeah, but what I mean is, uh, yeah, I liked law because it makes you kind of. First of all, can I ask you, what do you think the law is?
0: That's a very interesting question.
1: What makes the law the law?
0: The law is government, that's what I think. And I think the law is unjust, first of all, it shouldn't be <laughs> there. Like we we, it's 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 only there to protect. Well, in a fair world, we don't need the law.
1: Really, people. We are only meant
0: to believe that we need.
1: People would argue that the Bible is a law or religion is also law.
0: Yeah, that's why I told you that the the conversation God was very fundamental. It's it's what we needed to even start with. (laughs) Because I do not know if I really believe in the Bible.
1: So you don't believe there should be rules on how people should act or what they should do or what they shouldn't do. Even the most fundamental. Yes, because kill, I believe rules. Do not are then steal, Do not <coughs> base all the Ten Commandments. But like those very but fundamental. That's just words, t- you
0: know. People are stealing, people are killing.
1: Yeah, but should they be allowed to do those things?
0: They, would, they probably wouldn't be doing those things. You know that the whole point of curiosity, like uh, don't sell that to persons under 18 and it's mostly 18 Mm-hmm. And below that, really, by the alcohol, because yeah, don't do drugs. Just to tell people to do drugs indirectly, and that's how the human brain really works. Once you curtail, it's just like a dog. My my dog, once if you want, if you don't want it to come into this house, it will. It will. Like if you chase it, if you can only show it that hey, don't be in the house, then it will show you that it's fighting to get in, so it will get in. But but if you let it be, mm-hmm. it will find its piece. It will go to its house. It's it's how we are aware to, to to function. So when there are laws, so let me
1: ask you: you yeah. don't believe there should be law, but today, if someone takes your content from big conversations, ordinary people, or takes that logo up there,
0: yeah,
1: and post it on their own YouTube, starts their own YouTube doing exactly what you do, and you have no remedy because there's no law. Mm-hmm.
0: The law is needed; it can work. Like I I need to be protected, yeah. But when you ask what the law is, I feel like the genesis of it all is where the trouble begins from like yeah building like people who decided like let this let's design some laws let there be laws are the problem
1: <laughs> those are the guys are the problem <laughs> i think it just depends well, what, what
0: does the law mean to you what is the law
1: you see in law school we study this topic called jurisprudence. And I think it was one of my favorite subjects because up until that point, I hadn't questioned why I was even studying law, what the law is, as you've said. So there are people who believe the law comes naturally to us or what comes to be the law comes naturally to us. They are called natural law theorists. They believe the law comes from God. Mm. Those things that, yes, you can think it comes from the Bible of the Ten Commandments, but there are also things in you, Mark, that you know are wrong. Not because someone has told you they're wrong, but because...
0: You feel bad about them somehow. Yes. Uh, yes. So it
1: comes naturally to you. That's...
0: that's I am and those people.
1: There are laws that are made off of that. Mostly criminal law. Yeah? Then there are laws that are made to structure the way society works. So those can be... I've forgotten what it was called. But... uh oh, I'm forgetting the word. Guys, correct me in the comments. But the laws that are made by governments of... This needs to be the way it is because we say so. Yeah. Positive. That's distance, what I have yes. a problem with. And such laws, most times, are very repressive. Suppressive, repressive, whatever it's called. Because if today they say women are not allowed to go on the street to do this, that's what needs to happen. Or men, now you're supposed to go out. Oh, don't and smoke work. marijuana. Yes. Yeah. So such laws are the way they are because it's a because of how government has said it, you know? And you'll find most of those laws are. Um, they have a connotation of commercial interests behind them. The reason why marijuana is not allowed to be smoked is because we know that it's a natural, it's a herb that has, that's in a lot of medicines. And if it becomes uh, available to the vast majority of people, they wouldn't be buying big pharma. Okay. So you'd find that actually most of those laws, that's where they come from. Government has said it. it doesn't make a lot of sense. You shouldn't put marijuana at the same <laughs> stage, you know, at the same level as you put cocaine but you do, mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to smoke it because of that's, that's why it is. Then there's also people who believe that the law comes from society. Mm-hmm. The way society is shall dictate how laws are. A very good example is the way abortion laws have become outdated, I mean phased out in mm-hmm. some countries. Yet, abortion laws ideally are rooted in natural law theory of it's wrong to kill. No matter how small this child is, no matter if they're a little peanut, it's wrong to Kill someone else, another human being. But now society is saying women should have more rights over their bodies, more autonomy.
0: Women should kill more.
1: But <laughs> well, they'll for <cancel> you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what that law means, actually.
1: Not ideal. it's just having more autonomy over yourself. And also, there are other reasons people have abortions. We cannot deny yeah, the fact true. that they are, you know, it's really varying. Yeah. But now, something like societal law theorists believe that the law should reflect what society being, has um, decided is best for itself. Whether that is being more progressive or regressive, mm. yeah. So, like the computer misuse, some people will argue that it's very much needed in a society that is digital, where people can go online and say whatever they want to and have no consequences. No, but Others will say had... you're trying to gag yeah. the press, you're trying to gag people. Freedom of speech is being repressed Things like that,
0: you know? But, so. but, but it's not about what people are saying. It's about what, first of all, it's already been there. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Through the data protection law, I think. Something like that. Like most of the things in it have already been there. Low, they have just adjusted it to favor. To really just mm-hmm. control... I think the narrative online on social media on what you should and shouldn't say because mm-hmm. a lot of that has been contributing to a lot of success providing, again, when you look at how Donald Trump became president a lot of that was because of how, uh, whatever who, his team manipulated internet data mm. so you realize that whenever Twitter or searches about Hillary Clinton were, at least whenever you'd search a positive thing about a negative thing about Hillary Clinton, a positive thing about Donald Trump would mm-hmm. show up. They manipulated to that level. So, But it was because of the bots Trump's side could build and change Google data. This is some book I read. It's Big Data, Small Data by I think Colin Kapman. something like that. <coughs> so I feel like the, the Computer Misuse Act also is... It shouldn't exist, but then I do not so much about the law mm. and why some people have power to actually decide for for us, even if people keep saying government is by the people for the people voted into by the people i, I the way things are done here makes you <laughs> not trust a thing because I' was still not consulted mm. yeah, as by either my m p. Uh, about how I feel about it before it passed into law, mm. all those things that I feel like they should happen. None of that happened. Then I don't think it can actually be impossible. Yeah. Uh, again, there is so much. I can I can have a banner account. Right now I'm going to be like off Twitter for a month. Yeah. Cause, mm. But I'll still see things probably through a business account or through a banner account. And there's no traces to that. I am tech savvy enough to make sure that you cannot trace me Mm. to that. So I still think it's a waste of time, waste of money, but maybe you can (laughs) help us understand.
1: Uh, I would say I do not have a concrete opinion Mm. on it, but I definitely do get where you're coming from. And let me play devil's advocate from your end as well, for the way you also do it do we deny that social media has become it's good but it's also a very big problem in terms of spreading false news in terms of the fact would you understand anyone, the freedom of speech that people can say what they want to yes but when it comes to it being uh, it being detrimental to others then it's a problem and what I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not denying what you've said, yeah. yeah. But I try, I'm trying to get the fact that they are trying to control. What can be pe- said? How people use these communications, because we cannot deny the fact that something like false news can spread like wildfire and. Cause are very big, <laughs> we just saw it with COVID 19. Anyone would come on and say, hey guys, the first person with COVID has come on. then, you know, even release his identity. We never know what's going to happen to that person. But of course, when we think about it in the context of Uganda, then you know that there are certain interests at stake mm. here. And that's the reason that they are putting it in play. But what I'm saying is that there's a bigger question as to the ethics of using social media and the ethics of using digital media generally. How should it be regulated? It may not be the way that the Ugandan government has uh, gone. How do you see it should be regulated? You see, that's a conversation that's being had around the world right now. We definitely know something like cyber stalking should be criminalized. Releasing revenge porn should be criminalized. Um, Take, you know, nudes of children or just generally information about children. Such things should not be allowed but within confines. Now, for example, the Computer Misuse Act generally blanketly states that you're not allowed to uh, circulate information about children. The more or less, it's what it says. Again, as you said, something similar is under the Data Protection and Privacy Act. Yeah. But what it does in this case, under the Computer Misuse Act, is that What's it does What's the difference s-
0: between an act and a law?
1: An act is a law.
0: <laughs> okay, why did you say act and not law this time?
1: Okay, maybe that was just... Choice a, of word. Right? Yeah.
0: Okay, okay.
1: That, that's a protection...
0: Wait, whenever any people use that, it mm. means the same, right?
1: Yeah, okay, laws laws vary. You can have um, subsidiary laws. Then mm-hmm. you can have regulations, you can have acts, you can have the constitution. So the constitution is at like a chopping a where it's a top-top law. Yeah, but normally when people say law, they mean something that has been passed mm. by or enacted by the government, or by the parliament, rather yeah so what I was saying about children is that the issue with these laws is that they become very difficult to enforce them on, as you say, but even when you go to court to prove them, yeah. it also becomes a bit of an issue because if I circulate information about a child without the consent of a parent, it may have been from a for a good reason this child, the baby the parent, is beating them up we've seen a lot of those videos circulating. Is it to say that now the exception is going to be made in court to say that? oh, okay, she was just circulating it to show this and that. And so I believe most times... Is that
0: right to circulate that video?
1: That's the thing. Like, am I circulating it out of me wanting to say, oh, this was a very bad thing, guys, see what happened? Or am I circulating it out of...
0: Spite, like... Spite, yeah. yeah.
1: So I think what needs to happen is maybe blurring the child's face, because that happens a lot. But also, generally, what I was saying about the law being very clear on the instances under which someone is held criminally liable, because... Criminal liability is much more <laughs> uh, serious and civil liability. Criminal liability carries with it penalties, fines, going to, to jail, Yeah, mm. being convicted. And so when you have something like the computer misuse act which says it's a crime, and you've not told us mm-hmm, what are the ingredients other than it should be without the consent of the parent, that becomes an issue. Mm. And so I think just having very clear laws on... What are the ingredients to this? Because that also guides the courts. Because now you'll find that, that that law is definitely going to be challenged in courts of law. It yeah, already is being yeah, challenged in yeah. courts of law. And not being because of um, a provision like that. It's being challenged because of the provisions of, um, you know, false information, hate speech, and all these other things that were passed. But, going back to my point of... It's important for us to think about how we regulate social media or the use of digital platforms without stifling freedom of speech, which is a very hard balance to strike.
0: It's impossible, in my opinion. <laughs> I think we, we, first of all, when you look at what the platforms want and how they work,
1: why is that sharing tone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it when, maybe Shrapa. but also that's a very good song. So, um, <clears throat> when you look at one, they say, "What's on your mind?" Mm-hmm. The mind is a very interesting place. Yeah. Uh, part of the other bit of this conversation is we're going to look into your mind space. Where is your mind at? When <laughs> you got there, like, so the mind is a very big place for everyone, and it's very delicate, very interesting, very complicated. Yeah, how we uh, how we think of life the stories that interest us the most, the things we want to be attached to. And the, the platforms realize this and they made money off it. Mm. This is how they work. So when you come now to regulate that, to put rules on what I should think.
1: It's not putting rules on what you think. It's
0: what you're putting rules on, trust Because you see what I'm putting not on social media. all that it's not nonsense
1: you know. that you think should be online. Because I may be there and I say... I but me, I want my nonsense. No, but you Apart see what I'm saying. It's
0: not effective. <laughs> like, if I'm not, like, causing harm, and I'm not maybe... Okay. Again, it's... it's a There's strategy. a reason
1: why you have... When you go on your Instagram, and you go under terms and conditions, or even, like, when you go to report something on Instagram, it brings a long list of things, a lot of which is actually in the computer Misuse act right now. Mm. It's false, false news, mm. misinformation, hate speech, you know, this is about pornography, something along those lines. Because there should be regulations in place to regulate circulation of certain content, which may be harmful to a certain group of people or harmful to children or harmful to whatever it may be. But as a community, we do need to come up with regulation around the use of digital platforms. The question is just how. So now this is just kind of duplication of you guys are now making it a law, but most platforms already have these rules in place. They shall... Take down something because it is spreading false news.
0: Oh, well, apart from may- maybe false news, because news really affects people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I'm saying my right to to yes. call someone an idiot if <laughs> I feel they're being an idiot should not be taken away from me.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: Because a little, a lot of what we pick from the world and how we're influenced is emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's how we feel. We operate so much on our emotions. But that
1: that very closely ties on cyberbullying. If I'm just going to go and be like, "This chick is fat. This chick is ugly," and it's because of what I def- I think it. So should I be allowed to say it on public platforms? There Do you think there's a problem with being offended? Do you think there's a problem? With being I think offended? all
0: these, yeah. Should there be a problem? Do you have a problem? Do you stop eating food when you're offended?
1: It's not about there being a problem with being offended. Mm. It's just wrong for you to go out of your way to offend someone.
0: Because you feel like it's wrong.
1: It is wrong. It is wrong.
0: Someone says something about, let's say, my tribe.
1: Mm -hmm. I
0: don't even have to, like, maybe reply to them directly. And I give, like, I should have... Let's say, first of all, when you're a public figure, when you're a civil servant, yeah, you're operating with my money
1: mm-hmm.
0: as a taxpayer. And money is very emotional because it's hard to make. So when you are operating with my money and I feel like you're not doing right by my money.
1: You should be allowed to say it.
0: I should be allowed to express my opinions because you're also doing some wrong things already. Mm. You're you're misusing my money. Okay. So the least I can do is to be angry enough because in the world people get angry and that's the reality of things.
1: So should we be allowed to say just anything because of our anger? Should we also limit it to oh, only, this is only limited to public Do you have officials? a problem
0: with the tweets the good general sends out?
1: I don't really pay attention to that.
0: Okay. <laughs> I feel like a big chunk of people have a problem with his streets because we have been made we're made to believe there's a problem with freely expressing yourself. Like, there are all these constructs on family. Like, uh, uh, I, I don't know how you feel, I feel about married men posting a picture of a woman and saying they're beautiful, but we see beautiful women every day in the bar. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be a problem. We are just made to believe that everything should be wrong, even when it shouldn't. This is how Trump got off Twitter, by the way.
1: Which he should have. He was no. tweeting a lot of nonsense. Come on. No, but that's like to say, Mark, like to say anything should go on social media. Just don't be offended. Sorry if it's offensive. Don't so be offended. So what shouldn't go? What shouldn't go is the things that have been set out. I shouldn't be allowed to post pornography on a site that ideally has Children. Should I be allowed to? Just because it's what I feel like doing? It?
0: But when it comes to the business side of it...
1: Should I be allowed to go allowed. out and, and call someone? All types of vulgarities. Just because it's what I feel like.
0: Do you believe there's such Yet, a thing most
1: times I won't even be able to say that stuff to your face. Because, you know, being behind a screen makes me anonymous. So it makes me have more beam to say it. So there is... I would say, what do we owe each other as a society? Don't we owe each other at least respect? Yes. At the bare minimum, yes, we owe each at other the bare respect. Minimum respect. And there are platforms where you can call out your government officials for stealing money and whatnot in a respectful How do manner. I call them? Not, uh, no, uh, a, that's, uh, the truth.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. A guy steals 400 billion. And that is not disrespectful enough. <laughs> Four hundred billion that was supposed to and you think calling them an idiot is what's disrespectful? No. That I don't agree at all. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, there are no, platforms no, no.
1: to hold them accountable. But you see the thing with social media, which I understand most times it feels like you're taking your power back.
0: Look at it in a perspective of But in uh, reality feminism, men are trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah? It really actually really works. Like men at some point felt like that. Like you'd wake up in the morning, there's a season, <laughs> and see a story about what some man did, then see it again tomorrow and see the hashtag, and you are meant to believe that men are trash. And that's whether good or bad. Because mm-hmm. you do not want your son to grow up, uh, how, do they, how can I say, detesting themselves. It's, it's wrong for my child, my son, to grow up thinking that ah, we're already bad. Like it's easier for it's faster for them to do the bad since mm. they're meant to believe they're already bad. So that was offensive to men, by the way, but it worked. That type of activism worked, yeah. So you see how things you only want things to work when they are in your favor.
1: No, 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 no. You see, I also didn't agree with the whole men are trash because um, I feel like it it pushed a message, yes, but as you said, it also had the opposite reaction a lot of men were hurt not because they had ideally done these things but because they were being treated as like women actually started to believe these things and treating men a certain way and spitting this mantra but i do believe that you need to think about the genesis of that hashtag Mm -hmm. up till now mark if i was if something happened to me, let's say, God forbid, I got sexually assaulted somewhere in a bar and whatnot, a lot of times I'll be blamed for it or not even believed. So it's also about, a bit about, as I said, taking your power back. The message may be very radical, but as you said, it worked for people to actually, like a message kept, you know, Yeah hey, You would think about it like, so it's not a good, it. Th- it wasn't necessarily the best way, but it got the message across.
0: Is there like a best way to achieve equality? I
1: don't think there is, is one way. Is it even important? Is it important for
0: us to achieve equality?
1: I'm not going to answer that because
0: if you I say, say no, yeah, but
1: is it important? We have to fight. Back. Hmm.
0: To fight I for cannot equality. Ex- no, no. I cannot it's explain not like, how is important equality it is. important because equality is important, but to fight for it.
1: If they had once fight for you to be seen the same as a white man, is was that important? <laughs> if you have the same qualifications where they choose him over the color of his skin, is that important? Yeah.
0: Maybe some <laughs> of us have not experienced something.
1: So. You see, and that's why it's very hard for most African men to understand the concepts of feminism. We just want to be kawa with you guys. <laughs> Taken on the same level. Not that we want to be men. I wouldn't ever want to be a man. I enjoy being a woman. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, because being a woman is so much fun.
1: Uh, yes, it is. That's why I would just say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your chances to winning in life. Really? Are drastically multiplied by like four. Of course, it also, every every good thing comes with, with its cons, I think. Because again, uh, with being a woman is tricky. Mm-hmm. Your life can, can go into COVID in a snap yeah can make you pregnant if, if if you're not yet ready for it and that can set you back like a hundred years but that's like the only thing that can set you back what not
1: being the... a woman in itself I <laughs> anyway thought... let us leave that comment i feel like we have talked it, about, about it a lot and we're just going in circles so it's cover
0: let's go to your work <laughs> you being an advocate junior an executive so assistant Uh huh. What does that even mean? People like titles.
1: Executive assistant.
0: (laughs) Looks like a title, someone from an international school. Really? Really?
1: Uh, Executive
0: assistant.
1: Well, I'll say I first went into my place of clerkship. Because, okay, after LDC, or during LDC, you have to do clerkship. clerkship. Mm. And I happened to get the place I really wanted. I went to work for a law firm that does tech and IP, because that's what I want to practice. And luckily, I got KTA, because that's where I actually was. Aiming to work at.
0: So you did your clerkship. And yeah. You.
1: And ideally, I also wanted to work in the TMT and IP practice group, which is technology, media, telecommunications, and intellectual property. Yeah. So it's a practice group that deals directly with that kind of work. And also, the clientele that they had was impressive to me. I, you know, <laughs> at first, I worked like in internship in LLB, which is at law school, okay, at MOOC. I worked with a law firm and I did not like my experience. I found it boring. I found well, the hours. Sh- so from then, I until it was a law firm I really wanted to work for. But I hated my experience. I noticed I don't want to go into litigation. I don't want to go into just sitting at a desk and numbingly typing out <coughs> contracts or whatnot. I needed something that I could feel like I'm touching the law, but without having to go to court, <laughs> mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And something that was relevant in this day and age and interesting to me, and that was intellectual property, technology, media, of course, entertainment law. So that's why I actually applied to go work at KTA, because ideally that's what that practice group does, and that's what the family is known for. So I got to work close with my boss. I think you've met him. My boss now, who is Kenneth Mohanji. Mm. And while I was there, it just so happened there was an opening for a personal assistant for him. <laughs> And that was not an ideal, I'll ta- the ideal <laughs> for a person who's coming out of LDC. Because yeah. ideally you want to practice law, you want to, you want to be the lawyer, you want to be the one who's doing the work itself. But I saw that there was an opportunity for me to get even more than I had anticipated I would get. Working with a person who actually runs the practice group. Who came up with a practice group in the first place and has been one of the s- spearheads of this practice in Uganda? Yeah. So I could not Ken is a
0: top dog, yeah.
1: <laughs> right? No, I hope I you can. guys see this is going to feel quite.
0: <laughs> no, it's a top dog. I, I, me personally, I tell him whenever I see him, but also because I, I look at him as one of my virtual mentors. Oh. Uh, by just seeing his progress in life and mm. how he where he wants to be, the things he says, where his mind is at. Yeah,
1: he's a very intelligent <coughs> man and he's a visionary. So,
0: exactly. So, yeah, that's why, one, I wanted to understand him from, like, you who works... Under him. Under him. Mm-hmm. Your perspective of him. From, mine's all bad, fed with the books and whatnot, being this self-righteous person. But, yes, that's, like, perspective. <coughs> yeah. But now that you speak of him like that, it, it, it does make sense.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's an opportunity not only to work close to him, yeah, but also to be exposed to the things that um has he has worked with, and also to understand maybe the, the, the thinking, hmm. his way of thinking, but also the rest of the practice group because I want only limited to Ken. Yeah, we have a very talented practice group at Ketie. We have Bonita who is also a visionary in her own right. So, I wanted to be close or work close to those people. And in that moment, there was no opening for a junior associate in the TMT practice group. Yeah. So, I saw why not just take the PA job? It's going to give me all the opportunities I want to. It may not be as fancy of a job title as junior associate or, you know. Wait, that is junior
0: associate fancy? What does a junior associate do? Oh, you'll still get to that.
1: Yeah. So, it may not be as fancy as um, a junior associate because ideally that's a lawyer. Just so you have junior associate, associate, senior associate, associate partner, partner. Hmm. So that's how the ranks go.
0: Wait, uh, junior associate, senior.
1: No, junior associate, associate, senior associate, associate, associate partner, then partner.
0: And managing partner.
1: Oh, managing partner is like at the level of partner, but you just so happen to be, be running. The one running things as a firm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Ah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so that's how I ended up being a PA. But we found that PA did not really fit with... I think executive assistant sounded a bit better. <laughs> and that's why we chose to go with executive assistant. Because personal assistant sounds like, mm, yeah, really, this person's B-I-T-C-H, in mm. a way. <laughs> At least that's how I saw it. So, yeah. Eventually, that's how it came to be, executive <clears throat> assistant. But when I graduated um, LDC... Uh, I was bumped up to also being a junior associate, so I hold two roles. Yeah. LDC. (laughs) LDC, indeed.
0: (laughs) What do you have to say about LDC? Is it fair? I I don't want to have an opinion. Mm. And I don't want my opinion to be entirely based off what I've read online, but I've read quite a number of think pieces. I I have a conversation slated with P.K., he works at which farm? This farm at Bajani. Mm. I don't remember. I don't know.
1: And you want to talk about LDC?
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about LDC, but that was in the time with actually with rusho as well. Mm. rusho didn't make it. He couldn't ride his bicycle throughout lockdown because mm. that's when we were supposed to have the conversation. Mm. But it was because of uh, the results and how people felt and how uh, constantly uh, young lawyers have felt like it's such as come to them that they're cheated. Hmm. How do you feel now that you passed the LDC? How do you feel about it like generally? This is a podcast though. Uh chances are high no one is going to listen to you uh, LDC. But it's so you said an movie. interview
1: this you you <laughs> want to say this no. I would say I would start by saying obviously, you know, um caveat this is my opinion uh LDC is not hard. LDC. and I'll Clearly, because you passed it. No, 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 no. I'll say it again and a lot of people will tell you. LDC is not hard. It's just the intensity of LDC. It is so much work in such a short time that there no more human being would lose their damn mind.
0: Uh, so, before you disrespect us all,
1: no that's i'm also saying even us we lost <laughs> our minds do not do that thing.
0: the thing about you lawyers i don't know i don't know if social media just amplifying you're always complaining it's maybe about your pay mm-hmm. um, yeah we,
1: we are paid to complain now you want us to not complain in clearly, real life <laughs> now that
0: you mention it <laughs> yeah. okay but let's so go about LBC it
1: is not hard Ideally, what LDC is doing, it's called a... Do you
0: feel like it's a necessary institution?
1: Absolutely. LDC in itself is extremely necessary for practice because it's a diploma in legal practice. Uh-huh. At law school, what you're learning is a theory. You're going to learn a bunch of things over four years, but it's only just theory. You're learning what case, what was decided. And of course, in exams, you'll apply that law to the facts. But what LDC gives you is how the law is practiced. What are you supposed to do in court? How do you reason in a case, how do you actually apply the facts to the law?
0: Mm.
1: But the problem with LDC is that it's just nine months and in those nine months you need to squeeze everything that you did in four years within just one week normally and what we call a workshop. And that means you have to have already remembered all the knowledge you had in, in law school but also there are these other extra things that you need to learn because you now need to connect that theory to the practical. So that's why I'm saying it's not hard, especially for someone who is ideally a good student. That means you read your books, you write your notes, you come to class, you ask teachers questions. You do your part. Yeah. But it's just the amount of work is absolutely absurd. (laughs) Because it's a lot of... You can imagine, your, your ideal routine at LDC would be, you have a class today what we call a workshop, okay, with the PA, uh, the professional assistant, professional? Anyway, they're called PA. I think they're called professional assistants, where you sit down and you kind of, um, you present to them what you believe the course of action in a certain, we call them workshops was. So like, let's say it's a case, how that case should be addressed, the facts, the documents you're supposed to draft, which you're supposed to handwrite them. But before you came for this class, you should have handwritten every single thing that you are talking about in class and in the class you're also writing to correct because you you could have written wrong things by the way so if you wrote wrong things for the workshop you have to go back and rewrite yeah. then you go back you write notes for the next class which is on wednesday but in between wednesday and tuesday, tuesday and uh, monday you have other book classes for like what we call category b subjects so that's like tribal advocacy professional conduct um we even do accounting and tax, which kills us who don't know math, Bambi.
0: <laughs> I feel like tax though should be included every. every yeah, we, we
1: do a bit of tax. Yeah. It's, so it's, your week is just full of doing tests and classes and writing notes, and then the next week it's a whole other subject with all <laughs> different things, bulky as hell, and that's the routine you got on again. Okay, but and my impression though
0: is. Um, even the people that have felt sorry, by the way, we're going to install AC very soon. Man. You yeah, should open the <laughs> So the other thing is, what I got from the conversations online mm-hmm. were like, even the people that have done that
1: have yes. still
0: been cheated. So I, I was didn't. going to
1: come to, even though you're a very smart person, you can fail LDC. And I think it's something more people, okay, you get prepared for it and it's scary because no one wants to repeat LDC. <laughs> But again, the sheer amount of work that you need to do. Also the way that it's taught most times. You can find a professional assistant tells you one thing in one class and then another tells you another. Then another has another opinion, just like how the law is. So you, when you come to address it in a paper, you could be right in the way that you think it was supposed to be addressed, but to the person who is marking it's wrong. So there's also that lack of knowing what the subject how subjective it is as opposed to being objective Mm. i think that's also an issue because you can get out of a paper and someone says i read the exact same things as mark but mark passed and i failed so that also becomes a problem because now you don't know is it the person that marked mark that marked him differently or is it me who was who misfired
0: so when it comes to my friends who are engineers Mm -hmm. what their issues are uh, what they learn is not applicable here
1: (laughs) in uganda yeah
0: like you you can't learn how to construct airports because there are no airports to construct (laughs) but still you lawyers come out to complain more than than that so besides okay interpretation and you for you you feel it's genuine the system is 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 working well guys who are passing are supposed to pass
1: again i would not be because i have friends who really read as much as i did and they failed. I have people who read less than I did, and they passed. So I would not, I cannot make an opinion to, on it mm-hmm. because I do not know what happens in the marking system. I don't, but I do know that a lot of more people passed this year than they did last. So what's year. your
0: vision with with your understanding of the law? What what impact do you want to make Me? To the world here? Yours,
1: Janice. Ah. I don't even know if I'm going to stay in the law that long, but I definitely see myself angling towards creation of the law or creation of things that affect the law. That is policy. And that was the whole point of the symposium, for example. Yeah. Sitting down with people who make the laws <coughs> and sitting down with the people who should ideally affect the laws or policies and asking them to have a meeting of their minds and understand how one policy affects this and why it's very important for us to have dialogue. So
0: why is it important if Again, if we're not consulted.
1: Exactly. uh So why aren't you consulted? What is meaningful consultation? Number one, we can start there.
0: No, it's not about the importance of consultation. Mm -hmm. It's What's the importance of a dialogue with the policymakers? Hmm. Does your contribution really matter when they listen to you?
1: It should. Do they affect it? But you see, I think the issue most times is not that they do not want to listen, but just that they don't have the opportunity. Mm.
0: Just to do it closer so. To
1: you. Oh, okay. Yeah. They don't have the opportunity to do so in a way that's effective. So you find most of the the, the ways that um, they consult is by sending out um, a release or like a brief on guys are planning to pass this on this law. We're having a consultative meeting at this hotel. Then they invite certain people. Or sometimes they even put it in the press. So it depends on who has the lack of landing on that brief. And who has the lack of actually making it to those consultative meetings. So you see where the issue is there. If I'm making a law on border borders, and I'm only reaching out to border border associations, there may be this group of border border riders in Kaleri who have not gotten that information at all. Who yeah. by some... Unfair stroke of luck.
0: What do you think about those conversations being?
1: I think they're important. Definitely, more people now talk about mental health than before, but sometimes it's now become like a trend to not be. Anyway, that will be for another day.
0: No, yeah. no, 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 no. Okay, let's just go back to. What do you mean it's a trend?
1: I. This okay. You see, now our generation. Eh? Something. Our generation. But now. I agree. There's a lot to be depressed about. There's a lot to be sad about. But we have such victim mentality. There are people with. Don't you feel like? Um, and I'm going to take issues. you back to
0: the women conversation just because you you bring that up. Don't you feel like a lot of the activism in feminism is hidden into victim mentality?
1: Some of it, yeah. Some of it, yes. But it's you see now. This has been proven to actually be a thing of women are oppressed. But with something like mental health, I think we need to just be very careful about the language used around it. It's very important. By the way, I'm an advocate for mental health, you know? Ensuring have you dealt with occur.
0: any mental health illnesses?
1: No, I would not say. Of course, everyone has bouts of depression. Everyone has bouts of anxiety. I'm a nah, very anxious a lot of people person. people
0: are, are, are sad and <laughs> mistake that for. Yes, and
1: that's my problem of we have begun to say things are a certain way when they are not. I am depressed when it's not clinical depression. I don't remember. Tell what me about yourself.
0: About. You, Celine, let's go from the low from the feminism. <laughs> Who are you? Um, what motivates you? What drives you? Uh, yeah. What do you do? Do you meditate? How do you get through life? Do you smoke a lot of weed and get high? Whoa!
1: Well, and what is weed? <laughs> <laughs> uh I would say I'm still finding myself. Mm. So that's why it's a very difficult question to ask. Many people have concrete answers to this. I am this, I have motivations in this. But I believe I I change every uptime time B. Eh? No, you have to cut that out. I change every I keep discovering myself, is what I would say. Like up until maybe last year, I may not be like I, I liked maybe self-help books, but now I do because I like, you know, finding things out like that. Up until recently, I did not like listening to things of science fiction. They did not interest me at all, but now I find myself reading more about the Big Bang Theory and, you know, string oh, we should, theory. You should have
0: started with the Big Bang. Okay, <laughs> okay no. huh. This yeah. is why I should have let you finish the Tell Me About Yourself in the Beginning.
1: No, because I, I, at the heart of it, I would say I'm a very curious person. I'm always seeking out knowledge. I have an insatiable thirst for knowledge. Mm. And you know, obviously, I believe you never stop learning. And that's one of the things that gives you so much anxiety. Even as an adult, you never know everything about everything. Mm. Does that make sense? There's always so much to know. And there's always so much you're ignorant about, which is a... it's an unsettling feeling. Do you ever get scared
0: me. of being ignorant about some stuff?
1: It definitely, it's, it's a worry of mine because I can be in a conversation and I'm like, huh, Why don't I know about this? But at the same time, I've learned to kind of have mm. what <clears throat> my mentor has taught me to be: learner's mind, beginner's mind. Kenneth. Oh, dope. Of, you cannot know everything, but with everything, approach it like you're just learning it from scratch. So I think that has taken away from the fact, the fear of not knowing something to know that if i apply myself eventually i'll know about this thing i'll have enough knowledge on it and it's exciting to learn about new things so yeah i would say that at the core of it i'm that i am i believe myself to be open-minded
0: how (laughs) open-minded
1: is there a limit is there a measure
0: okay (laughs) adventurous Oh, you God. Like you see, I'm also yeah. lazy
1: at the same time. So, these things of my year, oh, we're going quad biking or going bungee jumping. I'd rather be somewhere at the spa, you know, drinking a mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> Stop life, girl. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't have What anything.
0: legacy are you trying to leave behind?
1: Oh, yeah, the tough questions. A legacy.
0: Mm. Have you ever imagined one? You see, but since you say, more. do you have like purpose already? Do you feel like you have found your purpose?
1: No. And you see, that's a very scary thi- feeling coming out of school, and you know, because up until that point, you have one thing you're driving for is to graduate. Then you graduate school, and you are left in this state of abyss just. Okay, yeah, I don't know what I want to do. What's next? Should I go for master? Should I do this? Oh, should I be a human rights defender? What do I even truly believe in? What are my core values? And that's why I find it so important to be close to God because he's the one constant that does not ever change. And I believe that his plan for everyone, even yourself included who has doubts, is incredible. And you can believe that to be true. Yeah. So I think finding that pillar... In the confusion. So to answer your question, no, I don't know if I have a purpose yet. I don't know what my purpose is exactly. Mm. But I know it's something great. I know it's something that's going to be impactful. That is going to leave behind hopefully a legacy and my name.
0: What are you doing to to like realize your purpose?
1: I, do you um, feel like
0: you have to do something about it? Like
1: Yes, I definitely believe if if you if you stay Place and I was also what your purpose is. You'll never find it. Are you, you like a career person? Are you, are
0: you looking at becoming the Chief Justice?
1: Please, I don't want to work for the judiciary. <laughs> um, I'm looking more on again impacting change through the law, which okay, also people in the judiciary do, but being at the like will, only
0: them do it actually, right?
1: No, because who makes all of our laws?
0: Who passes them?
1: Parliament, but they don't pass them out of. Ignorance. Those laws are very detailed, and actually, every law that pass that is passed has a history behind it, and the reason why it was passed, and why it's been put in place, why it's it's needed. So, putting laws like that in place that are actually going to help Uganda, which you know sounds like you know, oh, I want to help people and change people's lives, but it's actually it can happen. It is something that's achievable if you put your mind to it.
0: Like help in terms of what? What are you looking at? What problems have you? Are you realizing as you grow up that yo this needs to change? Because I'll tell you, uh, mm-hmm. the problems I'd want you to help me fix are arresting young people mm. for marijuana smoking. <laughs> I feel like we so should decriminalize yeah. weed. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a big conversation.
1: Yeah,
0: because a lot of people's lives are taken away just for that here. Like a big chunk are taken in one night and arrested for good. And I've and seen it. You happen. know, like
1: the history of those laws, it's so funny. You see, most of the laws that we have, we just adopted from Britain without even knowing why.
0: <laughs> and now those guys are actually really decru- minimalistic. Yeah, they, the they
1: remove them, and as we stay, like, ah, weed is bad. Why? Because it's bad. Have you seen how people are when they're on weed?
0: <laughs> that and kind uncle, of thing. Yeah, but yeah.
1: it's. Yeah, you see now thinking about why certain loads are there and removing the ones that we no longer need and putting the ones in place that we do need i've not yet known how i'll go about that i know it's not going to be me alone
0: yeah
1: but yeah definitely something along those lines
0: and legacy as we conclude
1: legacy ah still
0: helping people and impact right
1: i do not know and i think it takes a lot to say i don't know i could have made up some no i yeah, I want my legacy to be this and that. But I think as a lot of young people who are coming out of school, mm. who are not very sure as to what their path is, I'll say with confidence, I don't know what my legacy is. But I am going to have a damn fun finding it out. Because that's the point of life, just wading your way through until you land on something that you feel is your legacy. Do you believe? And in you never afterlife? even know if you have a legacy. Do I believe in afterlife?
0: That's the last question, I promise. Done.
1: I mean, I have to. I lost my mother recently. Like, this life over. after death.
0: Oh, sorry yes. about your mom. I have to. When you say recently, how? Last year. Okay.
1: So yeah, it was pretty recent. But I would say, I know it is the reason being that I know people who pass away don't just disappear into oblivion, you know?
0: So if you feel like... She's somewhere up there watching over you.
1: It doesn't even have to be up there. I I lost
0: my mom when I was four years.
1: Ah, that's young. That's really young. I don't even think you remember do you remember her face?
0: So everything I know about her was told to me. Yeah. That's how bad it is. But I I never feel like I feel like she's resting. I know. Mm. I don't know really but I feel like when I want to think about her to like hide into bask into life and being tough on me I think about her I, I, I use her as a consolation that oh maybe if you're here mm. but I know it's just a whole lie like she's not she's never been part of my life yeah and <clears throat> I don't feel like she exists like I don't feel like if you I die
1: I'll feel, meet her yeah I get I feel that like there, there's can... an
0: end like when we die that's it <laughs>
1: Really? Yeah. Do you believe there's a difference between mark the body and mark the consciousness? (laughs) Because if you believe that, then I don't think you can think that you just end. Like, as you think, everything that you do, your essence, that's where it ends. That's all.
0: You don't believe that?
1: No. Definitely not. This can't just all disappear. You can't just all disappear. Your body can, surely. It's the same reason we can lose limbs and still function. But there's something that makes you you. Is it your physical body? Or there's a difference between your physical body and what makes Mark Mark?
0: The Mark Mark has to operate in the physical body. Not
1: necessarily. In your dreams, you're not in your physical body.
0: I never see myself in the dreams. But Exactly.
1: It's your essence, or whatever spiritual whatever spiritual thing you believe in, that's what's in playing in your dreams, ideally. Okay, that's how I think about it, at least.
0: Do you dream every day?
1: Not every day.
0: <laughs> Do you know I lost track of my dreams? Like, they got... There is a time where now they don't come. Damn. Yeah, but I know some reason as to why. Like, you just
1: sleep, and yes. it's black. Yes. Every night. Yes. Every day. Yes. Yeah, in, you out. Yes. Oh, Lord.
0: But a big chunk of that maybe comes from the marijuana. Ah.
1: Yeah. So, because it. But takes even marijuana from is a bit spiritual. Sleep.
0: Yeah, some bit of it. Like, um, there's mm-hmm. when it will help me get into my mind very well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But there's, I don't remember the dream. And that's, there's <laughs> when I used to remember the dreams. Like, yeah. I would wake up and, and know write. that. But now, no. <laughs> I know that I dreamt about something. Mm-hmm,
1: but it, you can't remember yeah. what it was. Maybe it's just a bit of weak memory. That's also a thing. Yeah. Because if you're very intent on knowing what you dreamt about, that's, it can happen. As soon as you wake up, you can write. Which I think is teetering on some spiritual... <laughs> you don't actually may jump upon. <laughs> Alright.
0: Yeah. Um, again, very interesting. <laughs> I Now that I learn about your mom, I can't not just ask... What does her going away mean? What what has it done to you? Do you feel like there's a whole of you missing? How was she a part of you? Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, it's fine. You see there are people who don't like talking about those things but then there are others who it's very therapeutic. And I have found that when someone has gone through a similar experience it's very helpful to hear about it from someone else's perspective as well. So I will say that I was extremely close to my mom. I'm talking you know buddies. Hey, friends. Oh, but I would wake up in the morning just to hang out with her. I say mom I'm following you everywhere you go today. And that was just how we were. Our plot. I believe she knew everything about me and she knew me the best in this world. That's most mom's She knew your dating. <laughs> yes, although, like when I used to tell her she would kind of, you know, like hmm. she would tell because that's how Idea you're mom, close, right? yeah,
0: yeah, and she has been where you have been,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? And now you're trying to lie to her. I'm going for sleepover. So, oh, where are you going? Staying here, yeah. So I would say that, and it's a thing with all my siblings. are all equally close to my mom. So losing her was very, very sudden, extremely sudden, because she died from something that was not uh, foreseeable, but. I would say it's one of the things that has also shown me who I am. You know, as human beings, we're very resilient. We're very we're stronger than we think. Because ideally, something you thought would break you. It doesn't. It doesn't. And it's very shocking. Because in any world, if you had told me, you will lose your mom at the age of 24, stuck in the middle of LDC, yeah. right oh, wow. before you go for peppers, I would say, how would I even pass? It's impossible. I would... I think I would kill myself too because that's how much she meant to me. But somehow God prepares you for these things, and God gives you sustenance. He gives you provision, and He provides for everything you need in that time. And one thing I learned is friends and family are the most important thing. And so when you are complaining about you know your dad calling you to ask for a hundred k, and yes, you're your last hundred k, and you feel like the responsibilities, the amount of guilt you'll feel when. He dies, or when your mother dies, and you know that that hundred K would have helped them in that moment. Because
0: at the end of the day, you're going to go and spend it.
1: Exactly, like materialistic things normally get in the way of family and friends. Yet these are the things that matter at the end of the day. Because I would never, ever have gotten through that extremely tough time without family and friends, the ones that God put around me. So it taught me that I could be very, I was stronger than I thought. It taught me the power of love. Because love is the most important thing at the end of the day too. Compassion, community, Have you experienced care. love? Yeah, I experienced love with her. Yeah, Definitely have like experienced most Besides your mom. Yes, I do believe I love friends. I love the people I've been with. You only me to be giving you details, <laughs> do <didn't> you? <laughs> You're trying to catch me. Hmm. Nope.
0: Uh-huh. But uh-huh. yeah.
1: Uh-huh. It's just, you need to be very intentional about love as well. Because when people die, is when now you start saying, give them their flowers. Na, 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 na. Yeah, but like,
0: you know, people die every day, one. But moms are...
1: It's the biggest, most painful loss you could.
0: A parent, yeah. And I
1: think two things happened to you at that time. Right when it happens, you become kind of numb. You know what has happened, but it has not sunk in. So I remember for like two days after, initially when I found out, I was very aware of what was happening, but it hadn't sunk in. Two days later, it still hadn't sunk in. And then I had to go shopping for the things I went to wear for the funeral, my siblings and I. And I remember walking out and the sun was shining so brightly and people were going about their day like, everything is normal. I'm talking, I went into town and people, you know, there's still that border guy who's saying, ks, ks, Madam, I take you. There's still that taxi guy, you know.
0: Who's jazzing his who's stuff. Who's jazzing,
1: yeah. like, people's lives are going on so normally and yet you feel like your life has just ended. ended. But it hasn't. A few months down the line. You how, do you,
0: how did you pick yourself up?
1: Again, now, how I did had did you get lots out of community.
0: Of, like, yeah, because now I understand your mind space was in a position where you felt like you had ended. You yeah. Just talked about the fact that you wanted to kill yourself only one time i've been in such a situation i was going through a breakup my stupid
1: stuff breakup is also grief in its own right
0: <laughs> i feel like everyone has to deal yeah go through it and stuff so but that's the only one time i felt that bad but up to today, i cannot really like explain how i got myself out i don't even believe i really got out.
1: because you're be very resilient but you actually don't know and life moves on i think that's actually the silver lining Life moves on.
0: The clock ticks, right? Every other second.
1: If there's anything that's inevitable, it's time and death. So you have to also acknowledge the fact that you'll have to go through that again.
0: So when you say your mom meant the world to you, what exactly do you mean?
1: I mean, literally, she meant the world to me. She was my everything. Everything. My beginning and end of...
0: Do you want to be same mom to your daughter
1: definitely but i don't think i'll ever do it justice like ever do her justice rather because to me she was the most incredible mom she d- i did not feel one moment when i say ah oh, this chick is a terrible mom obviously as a teenager you know you have those issues <laughs> she won't let me go out party my friends but we had such a close relationship and such a beautiful relationship that I think out of everything, I'm just sad that I'm going to get to miss out on that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And that my children are going to miss out on it. And that all the people who didn't get to meet her.
0: So you want to have children? Definitely. Okay. I mean, it's you said feminine, definitely. So. <laughs> no, she no, no, no. no it's not related to, <laughs> to that. But in the beginning, you really had... Um, that psychological... About, yeah, <laughs> no, I want to have kids
1: it. and I'm ready to have kids.
0: There's no such thing.
1: I believe there is such a thing. No. Yeah. Hey.
0: That's at first i thought it was the money
1: no it's not the money you can have all the money but emotionally you're not mature enough to have a kid yeah
0: but how do you know that you're going to be emotionally mature i think
1: when you are ready to be a, an adult not an adult but you're ready to know that you'll have to sacrifice a lot for this child but know that the love at the end of the day should be more than anything like you're willing to give yourself because, by the way, you become a. Henry, a dad, I think I don't need to tell you. Uh-huh.
0: No, 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 see what you're saying. When you
1: become a parent, you lose a part of yourself. That's the truth. And I'm talking, of course, from a very uninformed view, because I'm childless at the moment. But you need to give a lot of yourself. You need to start thinking about someone else way before you think about yourself.
0: I don't believe that's true.
1: Really? So, you believe you can still be just as selfish even in the childhood? We will continue
0: this conversation. (laughs) Thank you for coming to the podcast, Sally.
1: No, now it's become interesting, but okay, we'll continue.